Welcome to the JMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. We have another great episode today. We have comedian Danny Decci from San Francisco. Had a great drive up there, except when I hit traffic. Man, that was tough. But we talked out of some great, amazing stuff about comedy and about hosting rooms. And I got a lot of insight because I host my own room in San Jose called Frascati in downtown every Wednesday night, uh, if you didn't know. Uh, but before we get there, we do have uh, the one and only Jacob Wheels, the best film critic in San Jose, California, to give us his review of the Japanese animated film, Your Name. This film is a, a big deal, uh, not only in Japan, but in the States as well. So uh, it'll be really interesting to hear what Jacob Wheels has to say. A friendly reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Feel free to follow the JMS Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. How are you people doing? I hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, for me, it's been a pretty busy week again. Nothing but busy weeks lately, which is why this episode is coming out a little late. I do apologize for my listeners who <laughs> I'm sure have listeners waiting for Sunday morning to get this podcast. Unfortunately, you might have to get it on Sunday evening or midday. I'm working on it. Uh, I had a couple sound issues with the Denny Decci segment. Uh, I fucked it up, honestly. Uh, I, I I took my mobile uh, equipment and I and I tried to put the setup, and I just I was careless, and I just did not have the right settings. So uh, I I almost wanted to scrap the episode, but I was like, you know what? He did he did say a lot of good things, and hopefully I have listeners who are forgiving. But I I do want to apologize to Denny Decci. Uh, uh, and, and to my listeners, if you know the, the quality is not on par as the rest of the uh, podcast episodes, uh, and it, it, it was bound to happen. It's me. We're talking about me, people. I'm not. I'm not the brightest millennial when it comes to technology, especially when I'm doing all this stuff on my own. It's like, oh, I, I might have forgotten a thing or two. And unfortunately, in this case, it happened to be the uh, the, the settings on the microphone. Um, but overall, stay tuned. I still think uh, we could we could manage uh, a good uh, session out of it, and I'm really proud of it. And, uh, uh, and on top of that, uh, after you know, he lives around the Richmond district of San Francisco, which I've never been to before, and it was really nice. Usually, San Francisco overwhelms me. It, it's too busy, too many things going on. Uh, the, the, it doesn't help that the roads are all fucked up. And to have, you know, drive all the way to Richmond District was nice, you know, calm. It was, it was really nice. And he recommended after the interview to check out this burger place uh, called, uh, I believe it was called Belly Burgers. And you know what? That is one of the best burgers I think I had in SF. I mean, that is reasonably priced at least. Because uh, I know you SF people kind of go overboard with your prices. I don't know how you guys even eat over there. Jesus Christ. The prices are like not worth it <laughs> you're better off trying to catch a fish off from the from the pier probably a little cheaper but anyway belly's burgers had it oh my god uh, danny detchy for listening thank you so much i had that was a damn good burger and yeah but let's get going let's uh let's start the show off let's go see what uh what the one and only uh jika wheels has to say about your name
All right, welcome to another episode of Wheels on Reels mm-hmm. with San Jose's one and only best film critic around. Is it? Yep, yeah. Jacob Wheels. That's me. He's back into in the hot seat in the blue chair. The hot blue seat. The hot blue seat. We got to take off my glasses. Oh shit, it's about to get intense. It's, it's yeah, sure. Oh shit. What are our listeners uh have to uh, look forward to? Uh, you know what? The sun's coming up tomorrow. Uh, and it's going to be great. You know, just, I mean, if you think today is, is, is a bad day, just know that tomorrow is going to come. Okay. I think, uh, I think half our listeners have killed themselves by now. <laughs> no, no, it's supposed to be positive. It's yeah. supposed to be positive. I'm uh, just saying they have to look forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a way better day than today. If it's not, well, I'm sorry, but then the next day you have another. It's like grapes, you know, one grape might not be good, but the next one will probably be better. Well, everyone knows grapes are the best when they're in wine form. Yeah. Well, then there you go. Just drink a bunch of wine. Just drink your problems away like every other American on this planet. All right? That's why people go to Amsterdam. Because they just want to smoke and drink their problems away. That's that's the American dream. Forgetting. I don't know, man. I feel like people in Amsterdam are so over it. Like, for them, it's like it, because it's everywhere and so easy to get. They're, like, over it. Like, yeah. So the people from Amsterdam be like, you know what? There's this place called America where you can't smoke in a coffee shop and they're like no way let's go there so we can't smoke right well it's because no. they get a thrill of like going against the law or I don't know I don't know what I'm talking about I've never been to Europe Jorge we're not here to talk about Europe can you are send we? me to Europe hey, can JMS podcast send me to Europe if you get enough listeners to put money together alright look we'll, I gotta, we'll, I'm gonna make we'll, a... <laughs> we'll get you a ticket to go to Cannes in, in France yeah we'll go to Cannes and, and review is Cannes in France yeah Cannes oh. Yeah, no, I knew that. Did, did you really? No, I didn't. You didn't know that, did you? Do you know? Do you know where Sun Dance is? Yeah, it's in it's it's in uh, the Dancing Sun, Canada. And this is why you're the best film critic. <laughs> you know, you may be the best film critic in San Jose, but I'm I'm convinced that you're the best film critic this country has. Yeah, the best film critic. But here's the thing: you you're not what this country needs. I'm the Batman of uh, movie reviewing. You, you are you are the film critic this country deserves. Yeah, it deserves me. I'm Batman. I'm the Superman. I am the Michael Jordan of film uh, critics. Well, Michael Jordan when he's playing baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Michael Jordan when he's playing baseball of movie reviewing. Oh man! All right. So, what film? <laughs> what film are we reviewing today? I saw uh, an animated film, an anime, if you will, called uh, Your Your Name. Your Name. It's a your Japanese name. anime film, right? Anime, uh, distributed by Funimation. Animation. Animation. And I, I sometimes stereotype when I see like a feature-length anime film from yeah. Japan that it's a it's a Miyazaki film. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. Not everything's Miyazaki, Jorge. I I just feel like. See these shoes? They are. They're not Miyazaki shoes. Is that racist? That yeah. I assume every anime. It is very racist. <laughs> Japanese animated film because of Miyazaki. Yeah, yeah. But uh, come on, man. Calm down. <laughs> they all look the same. They. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that my Mexican film that I reviewed wasn't a Miyazaki film. Uh, I'm glad you didn't think that. Oh, the, the Chupacabra Mexican. one. Yeah, the Chupacabra one. That was not Miyazaki, Jorge. <laughs> All right, so what's this movie about, man? Oh, man. You, are we, no, today's Sunday. That joke doesn't work. Today's Easter. Yeah, today's Easter. Happy Easter, by the way. Oh, you too. Unless, Happy Easter. Unless, you know, you don't celebrate that, then uh, happy Sunday. The sun's going to come out tomorrow. Um, anyways, this movie is about... Uh, you, you've seen the movie Freaky Friday, right? Um, bits and pieces. You know what it's about, right? 
It's about a mother and a daughter who switch bodies. Yeah, this movie has nothing to do with that. Uh, but but what it does have something to do with is that this girl and this girl who lives in the country and this boy who lives in Tokyo they switch bodies after a comet flies over uh, uh, Japan, uh-huh. over Miyazaki's house. Uh-huh. And then they switch bodies and they have to kind of live life as each other, but they go back and forth. It's not like they're continuously living like a whole week. It's just like they're living a day in their lives. And they have to kind of like, <clears throat> that's kind of like adjust. See, another problem I have is when it comes to Japanese animated films. If it's not, if <sighs> Here it's, we go again. If it's not Miyazaki related, <laughs> I feel it's hentai related. And it seems like this premise has hentai written all over it. You're, no, ill, no. This, this, there were kids in the audience, weren't they? Well, I'm just saying, uh, a girl switching bodies with a guy, guess what, switch, a guy switching uh, bodies with a, with a girl, yeah, and they're both teenagers. They're, they're both high schoolers. They're both high schoolers. That's the hormone-ridden teenagers. Exactly. They start exploring. They start, you know, discovering things about themselves and other people's <laughs> bodies. How can you blame me for not thinking about hentai? I thought about that. Well, I didn't think. You know what hentai? Well, okay. I, I don't know why I thought of tentacles when I thought of hentai. That's a whole different side <laughs> of hentai. Hold yeah, on, I don't know why when I when I heard that hentai. That says a lot I about you, man. Oh Jesus! I I have way too much time on my hands. <laughs> I don't work until 2 p.m., 2.30 p.m. I have something to do when I wake up. Do you fantasize your hands are tentacles or something? No, man. I don't stick anything inside me. All right. Uh, anyways. But, yeah, no. It's about this guy, this Japanese girl, Japanese boy, high schoolers. They switch bodies. Uh, and they just kind of have to uh, adjust to lives. And it's it's actually funny that you mentioned bring that up because <clears throat> first it shows the girl kind of adjusting to the boy's body. You know, she's in the boy's body. She doesn't know what they're doing. They, at first, they don't know. They don't know what's going on. They just wake up in this house. But then it shows the boy's point of view, and like he's like looking around. And then he looks down at his chest, and he's like, "Oh, okay." And he starts like groping himself. Eey. And that's a running joke in this movie. Like every time he wakes up in the body, he's groping it. He's, he's groping himself. Okay, but, but what's the goal here? What's the point? Uh, so so they switch bodies. They what, switch bodies. So what's uh, the point? <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but because uh, this actually this movie actually went places I did not expect it to go. Uh-huh. But anyways, uh, so it's it's basically she swips she she switches the body. I forget their names because they're Japanese. Um, actually, no, the kid the guy's name was Taki. Taki. Like the uh, like the Mexican uh, chips. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Takis. Yeah. Um, but anyways, like she's she's basically interfering with his life and like kind of like she's like getting him dates and like he he she's totally like like ah what's so what's, is she a lesbian? No, no, she's like helping this dude. She's like this dude's. This dude's uh, a man, so that's everything wrong with him. So I'm gonna help him out. So, so you know she. <laughs> it's uh, true, Jorge. Men are disgusting human beings. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's another podcast where I review uh, the human race, yeah. human society. Um, uh-huh. but yeah, no, she's kind of like, oh boy, um, she's she's messing with his life. But for the better? Yeah, well, yeah, it's for the better. And then uh, he's actually kind of learning more from living in her body because he's living he's lives in Tokyo, you know. Everything's fast-paced. People are moving around. People are bumping into each other. There's cars and trains and shit. And then he moves – and then he switches to the country girls. I, I say country girl like, loosely, but – and then he's kind of like slowing down, you know. Like it's very slow, uh, spiritual kind of journey that he goes through. <clears throat> so he's kind of learning how to – how to like slow down and stuff like that um that's probably a lie but that's the best way i can describe it okay uh yeah and then they like they start to kind of slowly fall in love with each other mm. and then like uh there's 
<clears throat> this isn't too much of a spoiler, but there's one point where they stop remembering each other. But there's just that little thing in the back of someone's mind, like, I want to remember who this is. I don't know what their name is. I don't know, but I'm looking for this person. So it's just them trying to cross paths, uh, and they don't really know who each other are or how to even find each other. What are you... Okay, when does this take place? Uh, Modern day Japan. So they couldn't get each other's names in Facebook? Well, no, they have their names. The way they would communicate is like they write in each other's notebooks. I mean, they have Facebook, obviously. They couldn't give each other's numbers or each other's addresses. They couldn't do that? Uh, Is that not cute? Is that like... (laughs) It's not cute. That's not Japanese cute to get straight to the point? No, man. You have to write notebooks and little hearts on their faces. You know what I mean? That's just cute, yo. Okay. Like, okay, so let's just... Okay. Let's just say, you know, I was dating someone. Yeah. And and let's just say that. Uh But anyways. That's kind of hard to imagine. Yeah, that's very hard to imagine. But you know what I mean? Like, if I call him up, it's not cute. But if I, like, ran into her at, like, a coffee shop, like, oh, you're... And I start blushing, you know what I mean? Then it's... it's (laughs) You start blushing? I start blushing, yeah. If you see her, okay. Yeah. I'm infatuated with uh, with this lady. (laughs) There's nothing a woman loves more than a guy who blushes. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, see, that's the problem with that question, because it kind of gives away some plot points that are really kind of... Oh, really? That really kind of... Uh, something, something, okay. words, spoilers, people getting mad at me, so throwing pre- eggs at my house. Okay, so pretty much it's about teenagers switching bodies and then discovering things about themselves yeah. through the lives of others. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Uh, how, is this like a once a month thing? Is there once a year? It, is it? <clears throat> what one, they describe it is it happens uh, about once or twice a week. Wow, that's so a lot. Yeah, yeah, right? So like, and they're, like, they're really kind of, not fucking each other's uh, lives up, but they're really kind of uh, rustling branches if you will you know okay uh but you know and then it's kind of cool because they slowly learn like okay this is who this person is this is the routine uh you know i'm gonna get this guy laid kind of thing uh. and then they you know slowly kind of learn how to how to do that does the film yeah. explain why those two were chosen no it's no. just kind of like this happens and then and no there's a comet yeah and then the comet's a magical comet Actually, I don't even know if it explains if the comet is the reason why they switch bodies. Okay. It's just there was a comet. It was beautiful, fucking lights and shit. Uh-huh. And then they're like, "Oh, now I'm waking up as a as Taki." Okay. Yeah, I can re- I can actually really relate to this this movie. Why? Because I've I've actually fe- Freaky Friday'd once <laughs> With before in my life. Uh, it's this guy named uh, Dan Daniel. He was back back in uh, this is back when I was living in East Bay. Okay. Mm-hmm. How was that experience for you? I mean, it was kind of cool. You know, I'm, I'm very middle class. I don't really know. You know, this is more like a class thing than a, than a gender thing I learned because I'm middle class, right? But then this guy, Daniel, he was lower class. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, um, we switched bodies for like a day. Okay. It seemed like a day. It was, I think it was like two days, but it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. You know, and, uh, and I kind of learned how the other side of the tracks lived. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I don't know if I kind of messed up his life or made it better because he was seeing this girl. Uh-huh. And uh, Did you I, blush? <laughs> yeah, I blessed. Well, see, she was, she was like, she was, uh, um, you know, she was, how do I not offend women here? Uh, uh she, uh, uh, she liked sex a lot. Okay. And I, w- that made me uncomfortable because this was back in high school. So I stopped. I didn't sleep with this guy's girlfriend because yeah. I felt bad because it's me. But you kind of, you could have gotten away with I it. I could have totally gotten away with it. It would have been yeah. normal. But yeah. then like, like the fact that I wasn't sleeping with her. Yeah. She kind of got distance from the man. So uh, you, and then it you turn- broke up the relationship. Well, so uh, it turns out the only reason that she was with him was because uh, of his his, his long schlong, his his long schlong, okay. if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's the only reason. Like there was no physical 
or no, there's no emotional con- connection, so right. they, they kind of broke up, and then we switch back, uh, and um, you switch bodies to break, I didn't no, to break up with somebody else. No, I didn't choose to switch yeah. back, Jorge. Yeah, and then you switch back. I switch back, uh, and then how, how, how did he change your life? Uh, I don't know. I honestly, he probably just like deleted all my save files, which I was kind of pissed at because I play a lot of video games. I still play a lot of video games, but he deleted all my save files because he fucking fucking doesn't have an Xbox. He's poor as fuck. You know what I mean? He's deleting my save files. I was trying to play Pokemon. I lost all my Pokemon. Oh, man. Um, That's probably the worst, man. Yeah, it was horrible. But anyways, like, I think I messed up his life more than he messed up my life. So this movie really really touched you, huh? It Mm -hmm. it really reminded you of those times. Yeah, yeah. Good times back in East Bay. Okay. Daniel, I don't know if you're listening to this, Daniel, but I'm sorry. I mean, she she was a nice lady, but she only wanted you for your cock. She only wanted you for the cock. <laughs> All right. But uh, go back to your name. How was the animation? Uh, actually, you know, it was really kind of... I never, I didn't know you can do this with animation, but you can have very fluid camera motions in animations. What do you mean? So, <clears throat> like, they had these shots. It's all animated, so it's all hand-drawn, right? But they had these shots that looked like there was an actual, like, crane kind of, like, like surround not surrounding like circling a character and slow subtle movements that like look very elegant you know like they actually had a crane or something or like a dolly mm-hmm. it looked like a dolly shot but it was like an animation i was like well how the f- that, that's gonna be super hard to animate yeah and also the colors are like the first thing you see is like is like you hear japanese people talking and then beautiful comet going over the air and it's beautiful and shit so the animation is great <laughs> it was cool yeah yeah i loved it Colorful, vibrant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and you said that it was not dubbed. It was subtitled. No, no. Never go to dub. Dubbed anime is the worst. So it was subtitled. Uh, yeah. Well, so the thing with dubbed... Let me tell you something, Jorge. The thing with dubbed yeah. uh, uh, anime is that... You know how, you know when people make fun of anime? Yeah. It's because it's dubbed shittily. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, if you just leave it in Japanese and you have the subtitles, like, the acting's perfect, it's there. You know what I mean? The acting's perfect. The it's voice a, acting. It's a fucking animated movie, it's man. It's a voice acting. Voice Okay. Acting. You know, okay. like, it. I, it's hard to act with your voice. I don't know. So, some of these Japanese, they sound like they're, they're pissed. Are you saying the not? Japanese sound the same, though? <laughs> no, no. Uh, are they all Mikozaki uh, or whatever? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? No, that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> You can't do that. You can't say that. Hey, I have a couple of Japanese friends. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, I don't. Now that I think about oh, it. Oh, so that's even worse. God, I need, I need to get myself some Japanese friends. Yeah, man. I mean, you gotta have. You gotta cover all your bases. That's what I do. Cover uh, all my bases. Cover all your bases. So if you say something racist, be like, I got a black friend. <laughs> I know an Iranian. I know oh. they exist. I can say something about that. Oh Jesus. Okay. Anyway, go back to to the film though. Uh, yeah. Um. Pretty much. So it sounds so. It's a pretty. Solid it's a very film. beautiful now, movie. Now, Jorge, I did see the trailer for this, mm-hmm. and it's marketed as a phenomenon in Japan. Saying, oh yeah, so this movie was a, like bi- a big t- hit. This was movie was like top, top, uh, top of the charts, whatever charts those are, for like a good solid like three months in Japan. Like people were just eating this shit up. You know what I mean? I mean, is it that good of a film? I liked it. I really did. I would actually buy this on DVD. No. I would buy this on 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 it cr- Blu-ray. It grossed twenty three billion. Okay, yeah, one hundred ninety million dollars. And that's Japanese money. Yeah, in Japan alone. Yeah, that's crazy. And um, why do you think it was such a big hit? 
I don't know. It was nice. Like, the characters, like, I didn't hate the characters. Like, the characters are very relatable. You know what I mean? Everyone's young at one point in their life. And what's interesting is that it's it, from the trailer I saw, it seemed like a drama more than, like, an action-packed animation film. I mean, it was a serious film, but it had a lot of funny moments in it. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's kids being fucking kids. You know how I feel about kids, man. They're idiots. Yeah. You know what I mean? They get jobs at early ages. They don't live their lives just touching, just groping each other and, and, and humping legs, you know? But like, kids are fucking... Uh. All I'm saying is, if this was made live action instead of animation, do you think the response would be the same? No. No. Why? I mean, because it is very magical. Like, have you seen... I think it was like The Lighthouse with Keanu Reeves. No. What like, is exactly. that? Exactly. What is that? It's a movie about time travel love or something like that. Like, there's a mailbox and they send, they put mail uh, letters in the mail and then it shows up like 20 years... 20, 100 years later and Sandra Bullock pulls it out. And it's like a love letter from Keanu Reeves. So you're saying if that was animated, it would have been a hit? Probably, yeah. Mm. Okay. I just, it's, it's the the way it's style, stylistically shown, I think it's just, it works a lot better in this, in this style. Plus there are a lot of things I don't want to uh, get into. Okay. Reasons why it can't, where, why it would work better in, as animation. Is it still in the movie theaters? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be showing for probably like another month, maybe. Oh, great. Yeah. I mean, it's been showing for like a month, so I don't know what the, the, the time is. Which movie theater did you go see this? Uh, Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge. You know what I like about this, though? This is what I like about, like, different people's styles, you know what I mean? Because it's an anime, and then, like, so it starts off, and it looks like you're watching, like, the opening for a anime TV show. So there's, like, there's, like, Japanese pop music playing. It's, like, you know, everyone's dancing. There's, like, people, like, like flowers and hair going everywhere, and it's beautiful, and it's just, like, I don't want I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to sing Japanese pop music. Anyways, oh, Japanese pop music. Like, if you ever seen the... J-pop. The, yeah, J-pop. Yeah, if you yeah. ever seen the intro to an anime... Yeah. Like, it does that, and then it just starts the movie. Then it's just like, here's the movie. Goddamn, okay. And then guess what? In the middle... I love their montages, too, because it's the exact same thing. You know what I mean? It's like J-pop. Yeah. It's like strobe lights. You know what I mean? It's 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 stuttering uh-huh. music. Uh-huh. And, and then it's like, oh, man, he's learning how to, like, like be a man... And she's hooking this guy up with a lady. And then he's groping himself. And uh-huh. it's like, yeah, yeah. And then it cuts back to movie. And okay. it's, it's, I love their montages, man. Now, does this movie have any flaws? Uh, not that I, I'm aware of. No? No. Right. I mean, it's, it's really solid, man. Like, it's, this is why I thought this, this was, I thought this was going to be a shitty episode. Because I like this movie. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm like, this movie is super great. You know, I don't. I'm not gonna complain about this movie at all. You know, like I'm not. Well, what's your rating then? Uh, yeah, definitely go see it. Go, go in see theaters. It. Yeah. Okay. Uh, definitely go see it in theaters. Um, just go see it in general, even if it's not in theaters. Now, who who are the other people watching this film with you? Oh, <laughs> I was like the only ethnic person there. I didn't tell you that much right now. <laughs> I was looking around. There was like, okay, so there was like, I I, I walk in there 30 minutes early. Yeah. Uh, Places filled with like Asian people, uh-huh. you know. What I mean, I look around. You sound like you say like it's a problem. No, it's not. Okay, it's a problem because I feel weird and left out. It, or I feel weird. It's like when I went to go see that other animated you, film, and you, there was nothing but you, families you there. You feel weird to be surrounded by Asian people. <laughs> you're not gonna flip the. You're not gonna flip the switch on me, Jorge. You're not gonna flip the switch. <laughs> Who's on me. racist now? <laughs> I have I have a Japanese friend, Jorge. Uh, uh, I got my bases covered. That's true. I don't. But so I'm looking around. It's just like a bunch of Asian people. I don't want to say. I'm not gonna be specific. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then I see like a white dude, 
and then like his wife white wife no no she was asian um asian wife of course there was like an indian girl there Uh but she technically asian because it's in asia yeah that's true uh she's technically southeast asian yeah uh and then me we just bunch them all together yeah i mean that's what you do Welcome to America, Jorge. Oh, fuck. All right, so you go in. And so I go in, and I mean, it's it's not like it's a big deal. Right. I don't know is why it I'm a t- packed house? It was, yeah, it was really, it was packed. People yeah. were sitting in the front row. That's how you know that, like. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah. And the, But the guy in the front row was just like, oh, man. Like, like whenever something would happen. Like, like he would wake up, like the boy would wake up in a, in a, in the girl's body and he would, he would know, he knew he was, the boy was going to grab his own boobs. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, man. <laughs> just like like I know this like if in any other no well in this circumstance like I would have been pissed I was pissed off because yeah. he was taking me out of the movie yeah. but I was like the fact that he just like randomly said that in the middle of the theater I, I, I laughed I chuckled and he didn't laugh in a very inappropriate part no that's good yeah yeah all right so you're, you're this is box office gold yeah I mean I thought we got rid of that um, no did we I got rid of it what? I feel like the majority. Well, how can we tell people whether it's box office gold or if it's worth taking your time going to the movie theaters or it's worth I, I tell them renting it, streamlining it, or is it worth not seeing it at all? All right, let me let me let me break it down for you. Break this it is down called for trickle me. down economics. All right, movie economics. Tickle me down economics. Tell me okay, about it. so don't tickle me. Don't touch me. Get off. Get, get back to your seat. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Okay. All right. So let me just let me just okay. Let me just put my hands on your on your uh, on your the esophagus okay <laughs> now this is getting weird <laughs> so okay trickle down movie economics uh-huh. if it's a piece of shit yeah don't go see it if it's watch it on tv go see it if it's uh go see it in theaters matinee you can go see it in the matinee and you can also go home and watch it okay in your house if it's box office gold and i'm telling you to watch it right now you can watch it right now yeah and then you can watch it in the matinee uh-huh. and then you can go home and watch it again uh-huh. And then you cannot watch it. See how that works? Every tier. So you watch it three times, and the third time you should be sick of it and not want to see yeah, it again. Yeah, and then you not, not watch it again. Yeah, Totally makes sense, So if man. you're at the top, you trickle down, you can watch it multiple times. God, man, this, but, is, this is why they pay the big bucks. You're the best film critic. You yeah, just I'm, put things that make sense put together. All right. Okay, so we're going to have a poster, uh-huh. and it's just the, the, the movie Trickle Down Economics. And it's yeah. piece of shit. Go watch it at home. Go watch a matinee. Box office gold. Right. And then above that is make your own damn movie. Okay. And then watch it in the theaters. Then go watch a matinee. Then go watch it at home on Netflix. And then just stop watching it because you're tired of your own damn movie. All right, Jacob. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, man. And, uh, and When's the animated series coming out? Of what? Uh, the Wheels on Reels. Wheels on Reels. Uh, hopefully That's soon. coming, right? That's yeah. a thing we, we talked about yeah. before this podcast. Yeah. I, I'd love to get some animators down yeah, the road man. to to, uh, to animate uh, segments mm. of, uh, of your reviews. Definitely. And Definitely. other stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, man. But anyway, thanks for coming. Yeah, man. Patreon.com slash Wheels on Reels. Uh, I don't have it up yet, but I'm going to probably make it so you guys can throw money at me. Yeah. So I don't have to. How can I get into movies for free, Jorge? Uh, How can I get into money uh, uh, movies for free? Uh... I don't. I, you're just gonna have to sneak in. You're just. <laughs> you're just kidding. And when you get caught, I'm a film critic. Don't touch <laughs> no, me. I got that shirt and everything. <laughs> Did you wear your shirt for the screening? I didn't know because I came from church. <laughs> I can't wear my movie review T-shirt at church. Why can't you? <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. People are gonna think. Oh, this guy's here to review church. We <laughs> <laughs> should have a segment of you reviewing church sermons. Ah, well, that's another podcast. Oh, man. All right. Thank you for having me.
And there you have it, the review of Your Name by Jacob Wheels. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you not just, you don't care? Let me know at jmspodcast at gmail.com. I pretty much, I appreciate all you guys' feedback and all you guys' opinions. uh, And I think it adds on uh, when I tell him what people think. And he usually usually, uh, usually doesn't like it when other people disagree with him, but I think it's funny. So please so you can send an email at jmspodcast at gmail.com. In the intro, I forgot to mention that you should also visit the jmspodcast.com website. Yes, it's very important uh, because uh, it just is. It has all the content available to you right there, whether it's interviews, whether it's video content, whether it's a variety of things. Also, check out the video content that's provided on Facebook. So take a look at those things. All right, let's go on with Danny Deci. Uh, he's a real nice guy. Uh, I really didn't know what to expect uh, because uh, here in the Bay Area, there's this thing called the Bay Area Comedy Network on Facebook, where all the comedians they they get together and either and they, they you know trying to promote each other's shows and so on. Some people you know start up beef and, and that happens too. But with Danny Deci, he's constantly posting. You know, he, he and I, I looked into his stuff and he has he's working on so many things. I'm like, oh my god, like. This guy's really busy. He's really a big part of the comedy scene in San Francisco. So I, I was surprised that he even had the time to even talk to me. Uh, so it was uh, so it was great having him on here. It was great uh, uh, pleasure and privilege in some ways. And we had a good talk. And uh, again, uh, please forgive me for the audio quality, Danny Deci. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure we're gonna have another podcast episode, and I, I assure you it'll be much better, the quality wise. But but again, uh, let's uh, let's take a look at this thing with Danny Deci, and I, I don't know why I'm losing my my breath. Uh, you know what it is? I know why. I'm kind of panicking. Not okay. Panicking is the wrong word. I'm kind of I, I I've, I'm coming to learn things about myself that is worrisome to me. Just the other day, I found out the moment I lost my youth. Like I'm no longer part of the youth. You know, I'm 27, and at 27, my youth went away. It went away when at work, they they finally upgraded me, and I got my own office at my day job, and they gave me a a brand new printer. It was actually a photocopier printer and scanning machine, and I got so excited for it. Uh, I I was like, I felt like a, a little schoolboy excited when he got himself like a a new toy. And I was like literally elated over the fact that I got my own printer at work. And at that point, I realized this is it. The moment you start getting excited for appliances, that's when you lost your youth. I am officially a middle-aged man. Because that's what middle-aged men do. Because we no longer could dream of big stuff. We just appreciate the little stuff that, that that's uh, available. Because... Everybody knows is when you when you get a new uh, dishwasher or you get a new uh, uh, let's say a, a laundry washer or a dryer. When you get excited for those, then you know you're a proper adult because you know those things really matter. You know you need those things to function, to make money, or just to live somewhat comfortably. Because when you're young, you don't give a shit about those things. When you're young, you you get excited over things that make you feel good. You get excited over adventure. You get excited over things that are a little risky. But when you get middle-aged 
it's you get excited because you get a brand new HP printer. And that's what happened to me. And I'm like, I don't know what this means anymore. It kind of makes sense. I've been balding since I was in my early 20s. I guess it was only a matter of time. But damn it, why now? Why can't I just hold on to my youth? Why am I afraid to let go of my youth? Do you guys ever have these questions like I do? I don't know. But here's the thing. Is I have to come to accept it. And that's the thing. I've seen a lot of people who don't accept that they're just not young. We've seen them. We've seen those women who are dressing up like they're 20-year-olds, but they're actually like 50-year-olds. It's not cool. You know those guys who think they're still back in those 70s when they were in their muscle cars and, and trying to pick up chicks with daddy issues? That's just not cool. Not cool. You don't look cool, at least. If it's cool, I don't know. We'll, we'll let the people decide, but but you don't look cool while doing it. So I'm like, I guess I have to make changes now, and now I have to uh, I have to kind of get rid of my youth. Uh, I mean, because again, I, I really do feel that me getting this printer signifies all those things. So uh, I'm dealing with that right now. They're not meant to go there. <laughs> I just want to express that. But uh, but learning but <laughs> talking to Danny Dishi though. Uh, this guy, he's much, of course, you know, he, he's a much older uh, middle-aged man, and he seems to be doing the stuff he's been doing for a while, and that gave me a lot of hope. And I think you'll kind of get that feeling that, in some ways, I'm looking for the secret to both run a, a, a anything creative, performance-wise, uh, show, you know, not just perform a show, but to run a show, and keep your head together. And, the, and Danny Detchi definitely has his head together. And I'm like, man, if this guy could do it with so many shows in a long period of time, then me dealing with Frascati should be a, a cakewalk. Uh, so without much further ado, let's go talk with Danny Detchi. Thank you so much for the mentee. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Ditchy. Yeah. Is that is that a Jewish last name? Oh, you you really wow. Is it everybody's Italian? Wow, you're the first one ever to think it's uh, really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think? Yeah, I'm Jewish, but uh, not I don't follow it or anything, but. uh, uh, wow, how did you figure out his Jewish name? Are you really stunned by it? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, the first time ever, everyone always says automatically Italian. Oh, uh, because of the chi to it. Yeah, Dechi, right. yeah. Dechi. But, but is that like Eastern Jewish? Is, is that where it derives from? I, I, I don't know. My, well, okay, well, actually, my, my father is from my father's side, so he's from uh, Syria. Uh, okay. Born, yeah, born in Aleppo, which, wow, they're, they're really going through stuff there now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no well, kidding. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I think they pronounced it, uh, I, I, I think from what I hear, they pronounced it Dechi or something like that. I don't know, something like that. Uh-huh. The, you know, the Middle Eastern, you know, right. whether you're Jewish or, or any part of the Middle East, you gotta go to the you gotta go So, the so, so you're, you're, were your family Arab Jewish people? Uh, no, uh, Jew, Jewish. The Jewish uh, living in, in the uh, Arab countries. What's the story with that one? You, you guys never bothered to, to move out? Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they, 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 they did. They came to Argentina. Yeah, ah. Uh, yeah, I, well, I can tell you a little bit. They, uh, they, uh, it's, it's, they um, thought about going to Europe, but the Nazis were there. Mm-hmm. So they went to Argentina instead. 
Right. <laughs> Which is funny because there's like, you know, conspiracy theories that Hitler might have escaped to South America. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I'm like, he's still going to find Jews over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he actually didn't, he didn't escape, but there were other Nazis that went to Argentina. Right. right. But, Trying to um, escape war crimes, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but actually now, uh, uh, Buenos Aires, especially the capital, it's the fifth largest uh, Jewish population in the world. You know, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, they got a big Jewish community. I'm from Argentina, Buenos Aires, Argentina. That's where I was born. Uh, okay, wow, you're all over the place. So so, so, yeah. so, your father's you know, your father's from the Middle East, from yeah. Syria. Yeah, my grandparents and my father. What were they doing over there? Uh, that's where they were born. Yeah. So my father was born in Syria. Uh, probably many didn't really think about it before, but yeah, I mean, my grandparents were from the uh, Middle East. Did, right? did, did they have a particular line of work they were doing over there? I, I don't know anything. About, no. I mean, well, my father was seven years old when he came to Argentina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. So born in Syria, was raised in Argentina. Yeah. Buenos Aires. Yeah. Uh, is your mother Latina? Uh, she, she was born in, uh, in uh, Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. uh, actually, also. Um, uh, yeah, I was uh, six years old when our family moved to the United States. Wow. What was your, what was your family doing in Argentina? Like, what, what line of work was your father? Uh, accounting. I guess that's something like that. Accounting. Uh, an accountant. Accounting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. how about your mother? Uh, seamstress. The seamstress? Yeah, seamstress? yeah, she did alterations. Nice. She came here, we did alterations here, and worked at places, you know, like the Emporium. And uh-huh. um, you probably don't know about the Emporium, it doesn't exist anymore. Well, what is it? It's a big store, a big uh, clothing store, sort of like Neiman Marcus. It was now there, but uh, yeah, sort of like it was a Neiman, the Neiman Marcus of that time. Okay. And uh, that building is still there now. It's um, the West West Florence Mall or something like that. You know, there downtown, like a, a big mall. Now it's a big mall. Did you have any siblings who were also born in uh, Buenos Aires? Uh, yeah, my uh, other sister. I have just one, one sister, and she's uh, yeah, she was three years old when we came here, mm. and she lives in uh, in Jerusalem. Currently, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. She's very. Re- we're very opposite when it comes to religion. We're completely on the uh, both ends. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm not religious at all, and she's uh, uh, very uh, religious. I, actually, her she won five Olympic gold medals for being uh, a religious uh, family. You know? Yeah, just kidding. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I was like, do they really give medals for that? <laughs> yeah, Olympic wow. gold medals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you recall any culture shock when you moved from Buenos Aires to... Did your family go to San Francisco yeah. afterwards? Uh, yeah, yeah, we came to San Francisco. Um, culture shock. Uh, not that much different, I guess, but uh, I struggled because I uh, didn't know any English at all when I came here. Hmm. And just kind of learned it in the public school. Didn't go through any classes or anything, just, just got thrown in there in school and figure it out. Well, back in the day, that's what you had to do, right? Yeah. yeah. But back in the day, my father tells me the same thing. He came from oh, yeah. Mexico. Oh. He goes, you didn't have these extra classes or, you know, ESL classes. Uh, yeah. You kind of had to bullshit your way through, you know? Yeah. Oh, excuse my French. Oh, that's fine. Uh, yeah, that's but fine. You, uh, I, I don't know. You seem like a very nice guy. You, you don't seem like someone that would that would throw a couple of, of bad words here and there. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm uh, one of the few. Uh, my comedy is always uh, clean. Clean it, comedy. It can be, be adult stuff and everything, but yeah. I never use uh, drop any f bombs or anything like that. Why is that? Why did you choose to go that route? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. actually, I'm thinking. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Actually, I, I never was one to use uh, bad words. So when you moved here over here, 
usually mm-hmm. when you're learning a new language, you usually learn the bad words first. Uh, yeah, that's what people always say. But, but I was Is, stu- went to school, so you know, in you know public school, was, uh, six seven years old, you don't learn bad words in class, I guess. But uh, oh. but uh, yes, yeah, true. It didn't I, stick with you then. Yeah, it just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, just never thought about using bad words. All right. So yeah. you, so you're six years old. You go from Buenos Aires, a mm-hmm. predominantly Spanish-speaking country, yeah, all the way here to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your parents doing over here? The same thing? Uh, yeah. Accounting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I worked for a company, and and my mother worked on her own. Oh, yeah. Well, she ended up going to uh, Emporium. Okay. And, and also, um, so, it's a red door one. I forgot. Uh, the red door. Yeah, so right. yeah. why the big move, and why San Francisco, do you think? Yeah, um, I, I never was sure exactly why we moved to San Francisco. I actually, people were wondering, uh, um, didn't, didn't know exactly. You know, lead a better life, I guess. It, it wasn't bad in Argentina. It wasn't bad in Buenos Aires. But oh. I don't know. My, my father wanted to move here, so and, and there we are. Um, so, I, uh, you know, people ask me all the time. I never don't know exactly why. Never, never asked. <laughs> okay. And uh, you come here six years old. How do you navigate through, through through your teenage years here? Yeah. Um, By the way, um, you don't. I don't. You don't seem to have an accent right now. Oh, oh no, so, I don't have an accent. Did Did you have an accent back in the in in, no, in school? Never, never. No, never had an accent. Uh, so you just I, picked I, up I, English just like that. I, I think if I remember as being a kid, the time time thing is uh, time is hard to judge. Um, I, I think it took me two weeks to start to be able to speak basic English and, and stuff. Yeah, I think it took me two weeks. It, it seemed like after a while, um, when I first came to school, school I, I was crying. I wanted to go back to Argentina. I didn't like it. and mm-hmm. um, But I was, was stuck it out. And uh, like in a couple of weeks, I started to learn English and uh, able to communicate. And uh, actually, even then, I thought, oh, well, it's pretty quick. I thought it uh, mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't. But uh, yeah, I thought it was. And what what year were you in, uh, growing up in San Francisco? Usually your teenage uh, yeah, years? The 60, oh, the teenage years. Uh um, oh, I was six years old. I actually grew up on Twenty Second Avenue between Gary and Clement. That's oh, just like a couple blocks away. Uh, one block away, right? One now block I'm on away. Twenty Third Avenue between Gary and Clement, on the other side of the street, pretty much, on the other opposite, the back side of the street where you grew up. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, which is amazing because uh, uh, we lived a f- number of years in Marin County. Uh, we, our family moved there, and then uh, they moved back to San Francisco myself for eight months kind of like stuff going on but then uh, I lived uh, eight years in Connecticut <clears throat> and then we came back in 97 returned back in 90, uh, San Francisco in 97 I'm, I'm now like a block on the other side of the block where oh. I grew up did, did you go to Connecticut for school? Uh, no for work I okay. used to work for Otis Elevator Company you ever hear of them? Or, hmm. really? they're, they're are, like the biggest elevator company in the world <laughs> so, what um, are they called again? Uh, Otis O-T-I-S I know was it Tyson Crew? no no, no, it's just on, on, on their own. On their own. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Their own company. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of uh, Schindler and all this, Westinghouse, you know, a bunch of companies. But oh, this is the biggest one. They actually invented the, the what they call the safety elevator. Mm. Meaning a lot of people don't know. So if people out there, you're scared about, um, you're scared about the elevator, every uh, cable's being cut and dropping like a rock. Don't worry, that's that can't happen. Because the, the, the brakes, right? Yeah, they, they got brakes. You can cut 100% of the cables, the elevator will not come crashing down. Because they got these uh, mechanical brakes. They're mechanical, so they're, they're safety brakes. They, 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 uh, they push against the, 
the uh, the girders and all that right. and other things. But I don't know. There, there's some elevators. Like, for example, you, we, earlier we were talking about FCC radio. They got that elevator that takes you to the basement. Oh, yeah, you saw that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a little janky elevator. I'm like, dude, this is probably made back in the 1800s. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if these cables are still yeah, being able to hold us. Yeah. I don't think. I think this is before, you know, anti-lock brake. Uh, the brakes were. were, were no, no, they have it. They, they, they have do? It. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, elevator, I think uh, the first safety elevator was like 1856 or something. I can't remember when I was. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure that uh, any building you go into anywhere in the world, unless it's a medieval building or something, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, any building you go uh, is you don't have any problem about uh, the falling elevator. Okay. Yeah. So, growing up here in San Francisco at a young age, is that where a sense of uh, the performance art, uh, uh, be- were you influenced by anything like that? Uh, no, I just like, you know, watch TV, watch uh, movies just like everybody else and everything like that. I didn't get into comedy. I always, I always been telling jokes since I was a little kid, but uh, always very shy, always afraid to going on stage. Uh, when I, I got, I, when I, I got back to San Francisco in 1997, I, uh, wanted to do comedy, uh, it, yeah, for the first time. And I did. And it's, 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 uh, you know, when I, I said when I, as soon as I leave Connecticut, I'm going to come back. San Francisco and do comedy. And so in the back of your head, you always wanted to do comedy. Uh huh. Yeah, but I was always afraid, very shy of going on stage and everything like that. But, uh, but I did it a little by little. I just, I, I did it. I, I, the I, first time you did stage time was it here in San Francisco or was yeah. it in Connecticut? No, here in San Francisco. Okay. I did, yeah, didn't like Connecticut. It was very boring. Nothing to do there. I used to, I used to drive to New York City. It's a less than a two-hour drive to New York City. Hmm. I like New York City. But, uh, yeah, I just started doing comedy here, the Java Source. Uh, I don't think it's called that now. I think a couple of years ago it changed. Um, it's on uh, 5th and Clement. Hmm. And uh, that's, uh, yeah, I used to go there. It started at 10 p.m. <laughs> and opened my 10 p.m. It was only uh, Ama. Ama is the well-known comedian. She, uh, she started it. And it was, a lot of times it was just her and me. I mean, oh wow! Yeah, I would do five minutes, and she'd do forty-five minutes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you were the opening. You, you were the opener, huh? Yeah, and, and there was hardly anyone there. There was like a you know little. Uh, we just did it, even though we weren't people weren't listening. People going about their business, drinking coffee or whatever. Just <laughs> it was late nineties. Uh yeah, ninety-seven. Yeah, ninety-seven. How, how mm-hmm. would you describe the comedy scene in San Francisco at that time? Um, let's see. I don't. It doesn't see much much difference. Um. It's not like the 80s. It seems like from what I heard, the 80s. Um, that was a heyday. Uh, yeah, people. If you were, people recognized someone was funny. They, they 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 got recognition and they made it and stuff like that. Now nowadays, it's um, I think it's it's more difficult to uh, uh, get recognized. You can be the funniest person in the world, but you got need more than that to be recognized. Right. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure what exactly, but... <clears throat> well, I think, um, I don't know, I have a theory. Maybe it's the internet. Maybe there's just yeah. a vast amount of, like, content out there. Yeah. That if you do the most basic stuff, I mean, if all you try to be is funny, like, I think you can only get so far because you'll be drowned out by, like, a bunch of other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, I and that's... I, that's one of the theories I have, at least. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good theory. I, I think so, too. There's a, <laughs> have you heard any uh, better or any worse? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that pretty much uh, helps out. Yeah, I think that works out. It's, um, yeah, there's so much stuff out there. I actually uh, noticed that a lot of the younger people in their 20s or, or around that age, they, um, uh, they probably have never heard of 
comedy, stand-up comedy. They, I, I, I've seen, it seems like sometimes I see people that, um, you know, they, they come to a show the first time and um, they know they, they know what to expect. Okay. How old yeah. were you when you started comedy? Um, late 30s. Mm. I think I remember. Late 30s when I first came back. What was it? Yeah, 90s. Yeah, actually in the year 2000, something like that. So, yeah, late 30s. Yeah, not like a lot of people. They started in their yeah. early twenties or whatever. But uh, uh, I, I, I thought it wasn't. I, I, I thought it wasn't that that funny to uh, to be on stage. I thought, but but yeah, I realized I actually I am. I, I you know, even though I say so myself, I think I am. I crack them up. So uh, I think now yeah, I. What kind of material were you doing? Um, I, I don't know where uh, pops in my head. Uh, I mean, I don't do ad lib on stage, but uh, I come up with stuff. I see things and. Um, do something about myself, and uh, I, I do some a joke about this, which always always happened to me that when I, whenever I go into store, or no matter how I'm dressed, uh, people come up to me and they ask me for questions. They think I work there at the store. It doesn't matter how, what it is. You get yeah. you, you get that look. You, yeah. you get that that that, that, that typical stereotypical uh, grocery yeah. market uh, worker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially the sports shop. Uh, I used to go. Uh, I used to work at Otis. Was in Pier Thirty Nine. We used to go all the time just to look at the uh, sports shop. Uh, or, you know, they have memorabilia and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, people would come up to me, ask me questions, and yeah. yeah so yeah, do you ever that, try to answer them? Honestly, uh, no, no, no. Part of my joke is I somebody wanted to valid, ask me to validate. Actually, that did happen. Somebody asked me to validate their parking garage ticket. And part of my joke now is I say, uh, sure, let me validate you. Okay, you're a good person. Everyone likes you, and you smell nice. And, and like yeah, you're that. validated. Yeah, you're validated. <laughs> <laughs> and so and, and then other things I observe things, and uh, I, I you know it's not like I'm looking for stuff. I see something, and uh, for, for example, my, uh, one of my latest one is um, self-driving cars. Um, I'm just saying that there's a, they're great, but but they, there's a computer glitch. Uh, they find out there's a computer glitch with it. If there's a two two passengers in the car arguing with each other and one guy tells the other guy go to hell the car will drive right off the cliff right off the cliff <laughs> <laughs> so, so you started in 97 it's 2017 so it's been about 20 yeah. years oh actually I think I actually started in 2001 in 2001 yeah I started in 2001 that's a very interesting year yeah because I, I came in 97 uh, trying to uh, establish myself you know get on my because I came from Connecticut with nothing I had to look for work and all this stuff and uh, so little by little, I established myself, and then, um, then I started in two thousand one, and uh, uh, and you started the open mic, and you just caught the bug, and you kept doing it. Yeah. Uh, what was your family thinking of it at this time? My what? Your family, like, were they supportive? Oh, oh, oh yeah, I was living with my my mother. I was living with my mom, uh, and she wasn't crazy about it, like a lot of comedians, I guess. Um, yeah, she wasn't crazy about me doing comedy. And <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I kept doing it. And, uh, well, you've been cracking jokes since you were young. I figured you should be yeah. like, oh, it's about a time. You know? Yeah, but yeah. You saw it coming. Well, you should be an engineer or something. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's too late. I'm too old to go into all that stuff. But um, uh, yeah, but later on, yeah she, yeah, she saw some of my shows and she said, yeah, it's, it's cool. But she still preferred me to do something else. But I, I couldn't do anything else. I, mean, I, I couldn't go back to school or anything like that. Mm. I have the patience for it. But. Yeah, I, I thought I was doing pretty well in comedy. <coughs> so, <clears throat> how, how do you feel you evolved uh, as a performer from two thousand one till now? Oh well, what helped uh, a lot was um, 
I'm, I'm hosting. I really avoided being a host. So I just I didn't want to be a host. I just want to go up there tell jokes and and and, and yeah and be done. And, or, um, and um, but uh, th there's this place called it used to be called the Last Day Saloon, which is uh, next to the what used to be called the Holy City Zoo, where a lot of the big comedians started off. Hmm. Like you know, Robin Williams, uh, all, all big, Dana Carvey, all those guys started off at the Holy City Zoo, and then used to go to the bar next door, the uh, Lassie Saloon, and now it's called Neck of the Woods. Um, they actually see a, a bartender there uh, had my card somehow for some reason, and she said she always she told me that she always thought that whenever she ever becomes gets a, a more steady job, she would uh, call me and be a host for for the comedy show. <clears throat> Yeah, so she contacted me, and I said, okay, all right, I'll do it. I'm not too crazy, because I, I, I don't think I'm a good host. Uh, I wasn't very skilled in it. Um, uh, <coughs> excuse me. But, uh, yeah, I, I did it, and uh, I liked it ever since. And I learned, you learn a lot so, from being a host, because um, uh, you're kind of also forced to come out with new jokes, because especially if you do it every week, mm -hmm. and you get the same summers and all that stuff. And uh, and I liked it also, because, yeah, I got to know the comedians more, and... Uh, uh, you know, especially I like um, the open micers and get to know them. I see them, you know, it, uh, evolving and everything. And it's, yeah, and so yeah, yeah I, I agree. Well, when I started hosting my own open mic, it was it, it really exhilarated a lot of the learning yeah. curve. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Yeah, exhilarated. And it's like, uh, and how do you feel it? It, uh, it changed you besides trying to come up with new material do you feel like your perception of, of comedy was different because now as a host no longer do you worry about your set as uh -huh. you worry about the entire night yes, make sure yeah. things well yeah so how did you kind of process those things yeah, yeah i just um i try to take it easy and stuff i know some hosts are, are very are kind of strict or they worry too much um <laughs> i'm, I'm yeah. those kind by the way <laughs> yeah and, and, and i don't I, um uh yeah it's uh made me aware, you know, it, you know, comedians sometimes can't make it or they come late or or things like that, but it's fine. Man, I just say, it's okay, show on. I, I don't get hard on, you know, I don't, on anybody, just say, um, no, you can't perform here again, you missed the show. And I said, yeah, okay, come try another time. There's other, there are more comedians and stuff. And, um, yeah, it's not, it's not, should make it like a, it should be a job or anything. It's just, right. just, it's uh, trying to keep, it's a fun, it's comedy, try to keep it fun. Yeah. And if somebody doesn't show up, it's okay. They'll come out to another show and um, and yeah, give everybody a chance. No need to uh, be strict on them. It's a be a hard boss on them or anything like that. Uh, I try. It's also easier for hosts. You know, my recommendation is it's also easier on hosts. Uh, it's uh, to um, to not have as many, to not, not to have too many rules. Because uh, it makes it easier on everybody. It's, you don't, you don't, if you can avoid rules, yeah, avoid them. Now, you're a clean comic. <clears throat> yeah. Are your rooms clean? Uh, uh, they pretty much uh, take up after me. Um, uh, a lot of comedians do. But, but no, but no, I don't enforce that. If somebody wants to use... Uh, I, yeah, I try and... If it's too much, I, I, I let them know. If I, uh, but, um, yeah, if it's too much. but Because no, I, I face some backlash. Them. For Scotty, it's not clean, but it's it's semi-reasonable. you know reasonable. Yeah. I, I think that's the best way I like to put it. But I know that turns off a lot of comics. I hear in San Francisco, you oh. got you guys have comedians coming like every year. There's like uh -huh. ten more that come out. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, in San Jose, not as much. So, uh -huh. so, so already, like I think I, I I lose almost half the talent because they just don't want to deal with having 
to, uh, to be too clean and stuff. Stuff like that. Yeah. Did, did you did you ever have to deal with that? No, not not too much. No, no. I, actually, I don't know why for some reason. Because I, I host the show. I start off the show, and I I, I guess they, they sense the comedian sense that uh, um, that uh, I I try to be clean, so let's try to keep it clean. And uh, but you know, people if, if people drop an f bomb once in a while or something. It's, it's okay, you know. It's, but uh, but if uh, yeah, if it's just a bunch of yeah, it's also if it's funny, it's okay, you know. But but um, that's an argument. It's like it. give me something I can defend. <laughs> yeah, like someone complains to to management about this. Mm-hmm. Give me a joke that I could actually defend. Uh, yeah, do you yeah, agree so, with that statement? Yeah, yeah. 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 If, if it's funny, it's uh, if, yeah, it's it's fine. But like I said, if, if they're doing it like every third word is an f bomb or something, that might be too much, and it's. And if you do that, it's just it's not funny anyway, I guess, if you just keep going after this and after that. But you know what? I've never really had a deal. I can't remember really dealing with that too much. Was there ever a time you really had to draw the line? Uh, no, yeah, well, one, one guy, uh, one time, uh, happens, uh, he was getting a, he's a new guy trying out comedy, and he was kind of being racist and, and not and not being very good, and some guy in the audience yelled at him, it's a... So I, 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 um, I told him later on, I, I, I tell him, I tell, you know, it says, you're not, I don't tell him you're banned, don't ever come here again. I'm just saying, uh, um, yeah, you almost started a bar fight. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I explained it to him. Hmm. And actually one, one time, yeah, there's been a guy uh, one time, um, another comedian was uh, making fun of some other, some guy's girlfriend. He got mad. It was late night. He, th- he actually threw a chair at the comedian that didn't get hurt or anything. Um, I, tell him, uh, I tell him, okay, you're, um, yeah, just, you know, just don't come back here for a month. You know, you don't suspend, suspend <laughs> for your safety, on. don't yeah. come here for yeah. a month. Right. Yeah, just don't come here for a month. I just say, yeah, I don't say, don't ever, I, I hate you, don't, don't ever come back here again. No, I never go into that. You know, just, I, yeah, I don't think it's necessary to be really strict and, right. and stuff like that. I think it works out better. Yeah, because, you know, you give them another chance, it's good. You can give them another chance, they come back. And, um, another thing is dealing with the crowds. So sometimes you get people who are too rowdy uh-huh. uh, and stuff like that. Oh, how, how do you deal with that? Well, the most is um, sometimes is is um, I've gotten with the somebody talks too much or talks to the comedian too much and distracting them. I just go up to them to the audience member and tell them, you know sh- a little bit you know you know in a nice way <laughs> and uh, yeah that pretty much works out. Really, yeah. that works all the time. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Some, uh, yeah, just, um, yeah. I've never gotten to. I have never gotten into any huge arguments with audience or comedians. Or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, got into that. Yeah, just yeah. tell me a nice way. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now, when I first started hosting comedy shows, uh, I, I got burned out pretty fast. You know, because again, uh, it's a lot of pressure, yeah, pressure and, 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 and uh, a lot of expectations from everybody. You know, from the comics to the crowd to mm-hmm. you know, if you don't own the place, the management yeah. of the place. Mm-hmm. Um, that I burn out pretty fast. I had to take a break. Yeah, and stuff like that. And another thing that comes with it also is trying to find because again, it's your room, it's your baby, uh-huh. and you and you want to be part of the uh, quote unquote scene, the comedy uh-huh. scene. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how it is here in San Francisco, but in San Jose, I usually had to, you know, to this day, I have to do this. What is the role of my room to the community? Mm-hmm. Do, do, is it accepted mm-hmm. by the comedy community or is it, you know, taken for granted? And, and is it accepted by the city? You know, do people mm-hmm. even even care? You uh-huh. know, 
And this oh. stuff that I kind of had to deal with, do you feel like you ever had to deal with anything like no, that? You know, I actually try not to think about those things. <laughs> I just try to have a comedy show, have some comedians up there, um, do their thing, and uh, it's, in, you know, especially if it's an open mic, um, just go out there, don't don't think about all those other things, just try to just do your best, get the comedians up there, promote the show, try to get, try to get the crowds out there. Um, and that's pretty much it. You can't really control what uh, audience things or anything like, like that. Um, how about yeah, how about fellow know. comedians in the community? Uh, oh, what about them? I, I, uh, Do you feel like they're all supportive? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, yeah, everybody's different. You know, comedians they all have their their things, but uh, you just accept. You know, everybody's different. Especially in comedians are very uh, different. Just accept that and just go up there and uh, don't don't. Uh, get mad over anything and just as long as they just go up on stage and uh, and do their thing and that's about it call the next and call the next comic and that's about it mm. as long as you don't have uh, yeah try not to look for perfection I guess or anything it's, but you know it it's just fun it's a fun show and um, I, I yeah I guess maybe if it's a uh, yeah even if it's a major major show with uh, um, veteran comedians on there and stuff I mean that that's that's even yeah, even better I guess because um, you don't need to worry let you can worry less on that because you know they'll make him laugh everybody's gonna have a good time and, and that's it just uh, yeah try not to think too much about other things other per- peripherals or <laughs> try to overthink things and uh, you, you can't control you can't go out and try to control a whole bunch of people it, it it's okay. Yeah. Have you ever had this very relaxed demeanor to you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Thing. Just go out there, relax. And, yeah, you're uh, so relaxed. Yeah. What's the deal with that? Uh, it's easier. It's, it's easier. easier. Like, like I said, uh, you have uh, if you start putting rules. If some guy comes like like three minutes late, or or they go like a minute over the light or anything, don't. Yeah, it's it's okay. Don't yeah. Don't get mad. Just it's fine. It's not ruining the show really. So the guy went over a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's sure. If you think about about that way, it being a rule. Oh, we broke the rule. Went over a minute. Oh, I'm gonna. It's gonna make me mad and have to do something about it. It's just. Yeah, it's okay. Just over a minute. <laughs> doesn't fine. make me mad. It doesn't annoy me, because yeah. because uh, this is just me. Because I think we're the opposites. Almost running a room, because mm-hmm. I, I have to have a certain structure, mm-hmm. and because when someone's burning the light, yeah, essentially they're taking time away from another comic. Now, um, I'm not sure about your room, but my room, I, it's strictly 8 to 10. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, or, or 9.45, really. Yeah. So I have to, like, make this whole show under that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I know a lot of other rooms, they go on to, like, midnight and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. But, uh, yeah, my rooms, uh, they have to, uh, especially the uh, neck of the woods, I, I have to finish by 9 p.m. Because uh, karaoke is next. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, that's I, the that's the real comedy competition. Yeah, it's karaoke. Yeah, so yeah. that's the thing. I, I, um, it's uh, I calculated it comes out to about ten comedians because by the time the show starts a little bit late, it's uh, uh, yeah, just about ten comedians. Give them seven minutes each. Um, yeah, and it's it's not like anybody's burning light by five minutes or something. They are, you know. It just I let them know that too. Something they're you know, gonna go up there and you know, start flashing. Oh, come on, you know, um, or I stand real close. But for some reason, okay, I I guess I'm easy going on stuff. I don't uh, jump up there to get off the stage or something. I just uh, just stand closer and 
I wouldn't do that either. I, I would just stand there and give him that look. Yeah. Uh-huh. Give him the, the, the yeah. Get, get off. Do, do you ever have a look? Do you, um, do you ever come up yeah. with looks to give comedians, uh-huh. to give them an idea of what you're feeling uh-huh. when they're on stage? Well, well, I get up closer to the stage and I stand, stand there. Or I guess I, I put a pose or something. And, uh, um, yeah, but not, uh, yeah, for some reason, I don't do an angry look. Yeah, just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, just, now, I was looking through your... Through your uh, a common theme you have in the way you advertise your shows is you're wearing like a marching uniform. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's Sorry. the deal with that? I, like, I see you're a musician. Uh, yeah, I, I play pencil. The, the pencil on the cheek. You showed that. You showed that to me earlier. Yeah, I play, I play a song. How about um, let's see how I play. Oh, Ode to Joy. I'll play a quick song. Ode to Joy. Okay. So I, draw, I draw a pencil on my cheek and I go. Do you yeah. do you also utilize your tongue in, in uh, making the different no, sounds? No, it's just, it's my all... cheek. just like a drum, I guess. It's a, you said yeah. you started that when you were a kid. Yeah, I, I started drumming with my fingers. Uh, I mean, my you know. But but why? Like what was going on there when you were a kid? Were we just um, kids do that? Couldn't afford that. a drummer or <laughs> yeah. something? Oh, a kid. drum kit? Yeah, kids do that, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, like I even saw uh, Animal House. Some guy do, doing it on his throat. Okay. Yeah, some people do. I don't know, you know, kids do that. And then uh, one day, as an adult, I uh, was listening to. We had music playing in the in the office, and um, I I wanted to play along with that music. And uh, I, for some reason, I picked up a pencil, and I little by little, I, I taught myself. There's a certain way to uh, hold the pencil to drum the pencil on my cheek, and uh, I and I could play more songs with a, a pencil than with my fingers. Well, yeah. what is the most common reaction you get on stage with that? Uh, yeah, people are uh, impressed. Yeah, they're they amazed. dig yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, they really like it all, all the time. They're really impressed. I, I, I come out there with a, uh, a violin case, and I tell, hey, you want to hear some music? So I open up the violin case, pull out the pencil, and start drumming on there without even explaining. I just say, hey, number two pencil, and start drumming away. And uh, does that have to be specifically a number two pencil? Uh, yeah, you know, people always ask me that, but it doesn't have to. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the best is a number two pencil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, if you get a number one, you get a, the tuning's yeah. off, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's just thicker. I guess number one, thicker pencil. Like, yeah, and so I, I did that. So, so so with the marching band uniform, um, uh, yeah, I got that. Uh, yeah, a, a friend of mine gave that to me uh, years ago. I used to be in this uh, popcorn anti theater. Renan, he gave me the the uniform. Hold on, what is that? Oh, popcorn, popcorn anti theater. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, you, are you also an actor? Uh, a yeah, theater actor? Actually, yeah, uh, yeah. I've been in, in plays and things like that. Interesting. Yeah. Before yeah. comedy or after comedy? Uh, after comedy. Okay. Yeah, I got into the after. I thought, hey, I think a lot of comedians get into that. The uh, uh, get th- there's these casting agencies. I, um, if you're interested in that, get casting agencies. Mm-hmm. You can do background work, and sometimes it leads you to uh, get um, into uh, principal parts. Sometimes maybe. So what's uh, an anti theater? So this was a, a, a show on a bus. I was one of the other performers just entertaining, talking to the people on the bus. And people were driven, are driven around uh, uh, desolate areas or weird areas in San Francisco or in, or in the Bay Area. And it's, uh, it's at nighttime. It's from 8 to midnight, something like that. And uh, they're dropped off. They get off the bus, and there's an act of, of anything for them, juggling or fire eating or, or uh, poetry or whatever. 
and then they get on the bus, go, they, they take, uh, they get taken somewhere else, dropped off there, and they see a different act there. And Interesting. That was Popcorn and Tack the Year by Hernan Cortez. He, he started. <clears throat> and uh, he, he gave me that uh, u- uh, uniform uh, one time, to, and, and I, I have it. And uh, you know, r- rarely, I, I, uh, yeah, once in a while, I wear it. Mm. And um, but normally I just go out in regular casual clothes. Or, uh, or, What's your experience been like in theater? Like, what kind of roles do you do you usually go for? And yeah, yeah I, I like it. It's, uh, I'm amazed. Um, Glenn Hablin he uh, produces a bunch of uh, theater uh, classic plays, like the um, like the Visitor or uh, just a bunch of classic plays. He gets a bunch of different actors and and. Oh, the Mad Woman. The first one was a Mad Woman with Shiloh, mm. but he changed it to the Mad Woman of the Castro. And um, yeah, I'm honored he actually asked me to perform, be one of the performers in there, and I did. I did it. Uh, I remembered my lines and uh, uh, um, I played a part. And, and that's pretty much it. Uh, Do you look forward for the big roles or for the smaller supporting roles? Um, it is uh, supporting roles, but they were uh, a lot of lines, especially the first time I did. Yeah, it's uh, I guess you call it supporting role. It's uh, yeah, it wasn't the main, it wasn't the main uh, character, but uh, but I was there a lot. I was a lot in that that first play. I mean, I liked it. It was yeah. it was good, and um, yeah, I did a bunch of other plays, and uh, I liked it. I liked doing it. It's um, a whole different feel, isn't it? it yeah, and you it just is. did it, even though I have no. Uh, I didn't take any acting lessons or anything like that. Um, some people have and some people don't. You know, it's yeah. a, the, the, there's a certain level of, of acting where it's like it's not so much how you study it or who you study from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just some people do do well yeah, acting without, without even trying. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and, and it, it changes whether you're doing film or theater. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. uh, the almost two yeah. different um, uh, uh, ballparks. Yeah, it is different. Yeah, theater and, and film. Um, Did you work yeah. in any film? Um, no, let's see. I didn't. Do, uh, I mean, it was background in film, but I did. Uh, uh, I did the, a couple of commercials where I was a principal. Hmm. And um, what products yeah, were these? Let's see. First Number one two was, pencils. Uh, no, nothing like that. But the first one was a H and M commercial. It was just shown in in Europe. Uh, it was before they, they they. Now that you see stores here too. I did. Uh, I was the. Uh, I was supposed. To, oh yeah, I was a taxi driver, mm. for, um, yeah, in a commercial. And I actually drove through Stockton Street on Saturday in, in San Francisco, which is you know, the Chinatown through San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, heavy traffic. I, I think they admired me more for the, my driving than that. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff. And, and I did uh, another um, three commercials for Pilot. That I guess they don't exist anymore. They they never got to put it out there. But they were funny. The guy who wrote this commercial was funny. It's sort of like Penn and Teller. I was the, I was a silent guy, uh-huh. but um, it was. A w- were you ever casted as a grocery employee, <laughs> grocery market employee? Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> what would have been the odds, uh, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could do that. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're perfect uh, for the role. Yeah. <laughs> we got great groceries. Here, you were yeah. born for this role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I look like someone who knows my groceries, my fruits and vegetables, mm. especially. So, um, yeah, I did, oh, I did a Giants commercial. Giants? Uh, 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 yeah, San Francisco Giants commercial. What is that? Years ago. Um, yeah, the Giants, they have their own commercials. Yeah, they, they, I, I have is it a one. restaurant? Is uh, it? Yeah, the, 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 the Giants. I was a fan. 
uh, just dressed in a regular outfit. And um, well, it, it, it's a it's a fashion line. No, no, no. San Francisco Giants baseball team. The Giants. The Giants. Like, sorry, man. I'm from San Jose. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. No, no, north of Palo Alto, yeah. I don't uh, know what exists. Really? You don't know about the San Francisco Giants? Yeah. I mean, well, you well, must have a TV. Yeah. Right, right. No, but Johnny, I never, I never really heard of... Oh, is Johnny the mascot? Uh, no, no. It was um, a fan. It was a San Francisco, a San Francisco Giants fan. And... Um, uh, there were other people. So basically, we just stood in an alley in a coat, and, and we're sort of like talking back and forth with uh, uh, Omar. I forgot his name. So these are are these names of players? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Johnny is a player. Uh, or is he just a famous no, fan? Giants, not Johnny. Gi- giants. 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 Sorry. Giants. Yeah, giants. Yeah, okay. Giants. Okay. So you were in a Giants yeah. commercial. Yeah, the oh. Giants. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have enunciated better. <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> got a bit of a cold, but anyway. Uh, That's your Argentine insider or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. So do you speak Spanish, from, by the way? Yeah, I do speak it fluently. Wow. Because yeah, okay. I always spoke it at home. My mom always corrected me, you know, said Spanish. I know it's Castellano. Castellano. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Castellano. In, Interesting. In yeah. Did, have you done a Spanish set before in Spanish? I mean, uh, uh, what did I, I just say? A comedy? No, no. I thought about that. Yeah. I, I thought about doing. Uh, it, it's be. Yeah, I thought about that. I, I know. I think it's kind of hard to translate it into something, but uh, mm. uh, some things. I figured something I could. Yeah. 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 So, so you were in a Giants commercial. Sorry, yeah, a Giants generous. commercial. Yeah. And because um, <clears throat> of my throat, but um, yeah, so I was one of the fans, and I was going to Omar, and he wasn't really there. It was uh, he was, but they did film him, so it looked like we were both together. He was in the ballpark, and I was in an alley, but I was talking to him, and. Uh, one of the lines they gave me actually was, um, uh, so I go, you know, I ask him, hey, Omar, what's your favorite movie? And he goes, I don't know, something. And he says, uh, so, um, uh, there's something about, uh, I forgot the line, something I, uh, oh, oh yeah, I said, guess what the name of my pet gerbil is? And he kind of giggled and he says, I don't know, uh, meatloaf or something like that. Yeah, that was it. And they kept showing that o- over and over, uh, pretty much practically every game. And, and and that was um, a yeah so so I did that, and so I, actually another one I, I filmed for this in the same year same commercial same grouping there I I played uh, take me out to the ball game with a, my pencil yeah yeah I don't like that so <laughs> I did that interesting so so I did that that's I think that's oh also coffee TV twenty the, um, the creepy horror show. Oh, I did that. Interesting. Yeah, they're not around. I mean, I, I, I think they still show it, but if they stopped making it. I think the last one was 2010. Um, but well, what is it? it? I'm not familiar with it. Uh, it's a creepy horror, uh, coffee TV 20 creepy horror show. Um, they show it on, on Saturday nights, like 11.30 or something like that. And um, and halfway through the, jo- the show, they actually uh, uh, have uh, comedians doing about five five seven minutes up there. I, I was one of the first ones. I think I was in the first couple of weeks, <coughs> or something like that. Um, and yeah, they just they have these hosts, and they 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 interrupt the movie every few minutes, and they they just make fun of the movie. They're really bad horror movies, mm. and they make fun of the movies. And then and they have dancers and uh, pole dancers even, but they don't show a lot. You know, it's just TV. But um, 
And then halfway through the show, uh, I've seen uh, every comedian that I've seen on there, I, I know. They're all local San Francisco Bay Area comedians. Mm. So, um, Do you ever venture out of San Francisco? Uh, yeah, I used to do more outside San Francisco. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I've been to uh, you know, Rooster Tea and, and Tommy T's and other clubs and other places uh, north and south of, of San Francisco, east of San Yeah, I've been to Oakland, yeah, also. I, I actually go to Oakland. Uh, have you seen like a, a noticeable differences in crowds? Uh, no, not, not too much. Uh, it depends on the uh, <clears throat> it depends on the um, on the venue. Uh, like if you have a nice venue, you have a, a better crowds actually. And stuff like so uh, if it's like you know like old, old coffee shop place like or, uh, um, that closes at eight or something. Uh, yeah, you, you won't see much. But um, uh, yeah, if you go. Uh, nice venue it's a restaurant people there um, yeah now you're also a podcaster right uh, yeah uh, which is interesting because uh, a lot of podcasts from San Francisco comics either come from Mutant Radio FCC Radio right and, and in some ways I'm kind of, I'm kind of jealous because you guys you guys really have everything available for you guys there. You guys got yeah. a nice studio. You, you got uh-huh. you, you, you got you the board, the switchboard. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and you have to pay for it. Actually, the podcaster have to pay for it. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so you're interested? You know, you got your own podcaster. See, I got my own thing, but I, I literally started with one microphone. And I had to kind of grow it. Now I have a better setup at home. Uh-huh. But like for me, like 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 Alex Love, she had a podcast there, and, and when I visited, I was like, wow, she has there, she has a set. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. But but how did you get involved with that? Um, well, basically, uh, FCC Free Radio was uh, asking for uh, yeah they're asking they still are yeah there's always room for more shows on there um, yeah they go going around the comedy community and asking uh, who wants to have their their show and I signed up uh, I thought yeah it'd be cool I'll do it and but my by the way my co-host is Rebecca Ward fellow comedian. Uh, and she's on my my co-host, and it's, we team up. It's, uh, um, and um, uh, so yeah, basically, uh, just just you know, signed up with FCC Free Radio. They got like thirty shows on there, and um, yeah. How and, long have you been podcasting for? Um, I guess six years. I'm guessing about six years. Okay. Yeah, but I, I gotta look it up. I, I actually a lot of the, for all the shows that I start off with, I host and everything. I, I have an Excel spreadsheet and keep track of uh, uh, who's um, who's going to be performing. That way, keep the list. It's uh, um, so and it also shows when the show first started. So if I look it up, I, I think it was about six years ago. You're very organized. <laughs> I try to be there because I host a lot of shows. Actually, all of a sudden, wow, me, I've been so busy. Um, How many shows do you usually host a month? Uh, I, I used to have actually one time, including the podcast, used to be four. I think it's something like that now. I have this new one, a Fame Venue. You should come out if you want one of these. Days. Fame, yeah. It's That's by Broadway, right? Yeah, four four three Broadway. It's not a strip club, is it? No, no, no it's not. No, oh. it's across the street from a strip club. But okay. I, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. That's why I know Broadway before. Yeah, you know Broadway, and you're from for San the strip Jose, clubs. And you know Broadway. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed. A lot of people didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a uh, two-story building. Uh, I think it used to be called uh, well, a number of things. Well, let's see, Broadway Studios used to be called Mabuhay Gardens. They got a great art scene over there. Uh, yeah, in that area. I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of big stars started there. Uh, if you see some of their stuff, I, I mean, well, you know, Dave Chappelle and even before that, 
uh, some of the 80s um, bands. I think El Blondie performed there. And uh, now it's uh, it's a theme venue. I think it's been around a few years. And uh, it was just about three weeks ago, we started doing comedy on every Friday. And it's free. It's a nice venue, and it's free. And um, Is it an open uh, mic or is it a showcase? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of an open mic. They call it open mic showcase. And so okay. I, I do need to sign people up because um, limited time. Uh, sort of like the Neck of the Woods show that I have. Uh, it's an open mic, but uh, I need to um, get a list of the people who want to perform there ahead of time because um, I, I just don't like people. But like if I have like twenty five comedians out, and um, and they go all the way to to the venue, and then they find out there's no room, and you know, just uh, I found that when I first started doing uh, hosting at Neck of the Woods, they used to have like thirty comedians who want to get up there and, and sign up and. I feel bad that they uh, come all the way over there and uh, and then they um, they can't go. So I, I yeah make it make it for everybody, good for everybody. Um, I know, even though it's an open mic, I I get a list of the people ahead of time and uh, and just make it, I think that's easier for everybody. And I'm not too yeah you know, I'm not strict. Just let me know. You can let me know weeks or months in advance. Just put you on the list. And mm. is Nick of the Woods your longest room? Uh, room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long yeah. has that been going on now? That's been going on for seven years, like seven, almost eight years. Oh, actually, I have a second, the, the oldest one, the, the Bazaar Cafe, which is a block away from here. Um, and that's uh, June. You, June is going to be seven years. Doing that you're stuff. still doing that one? Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, Neck of the Woods, I stopped for a bit. The, the um, um, was a, know, There's karaoke and other stuff going on. and um, But then I thought, hey, I miss that place. I miss going... Um, I'll try again uh, if they want me back. And they did. Uh, we're doing it once a month instead of once a week. Um, and uh, uh, so it's on Tuesdays. Um, and, and then the Bazaar Cafe, that's where I have veteran comedians. Uh, it's not an open mic. I have, uh, I'm lucky to know a lot of veteran comedians. And they come out there. And I'm uh, Dan St. Paul, Mickey Joseph, Bob Sarlat. Uh, big comedians who started in the 80s. Uh, See, that's pretty amazing, man. You're providing a lot of uh, performance space for a lot of comedians around this town. And yeah. I, I guess you're, you're pretty. You're, I guess you're part of the one of the pillars of the scene over here, huh? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I just uh, I, I'm just, I never really uh, thought about getting into that like that. I was just uh, I just uh, starting up a a, um, a venue for yeah. comedy and. Uh, so what's your secret, man? Because oh, for Scotty, it's gonna be three years almost. And I had to go through different changes. And, and, and to be yeah. fair, to be fair, like for example, how long were you doing comedy before you first hosted? Yeah, so um, I guess halfway there. So it was I, 2007. Or I can't remember. Um, I, th- I started comedy in 2001. I, th- I think I did it. Uh, yeah, maybe 2007. So I guess maybe six years later, or six or six. seven years later, I started. See, that's a, I feel that that's what I was missing is I didn't have that time to really find my comedy voice. Do you uh-huh. feel like you find your comedy voice? Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm, yeah, I just go out there and yeah, Cause do what I like. I when I started doing comedy, it was also late. By the end of that first year of doing comedy, that's when I got the mm-hmm. room to host. Uh huh. Okay. So I really didn't know what I was doing, and I really tried to learn as much exactly. as I could. Yeah. But I think because I was a new comic and I was evolving, mm-hmm. the room wasn't evolving with me. I think that's why that's why I get a lot of stress out of it because uh. because it, 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 I'm here trying to make you know provide a space for comedians, mm-hmm. but I'm also trying to pursue my own 
uh, voice. Yeah. And, and when you're hosting a room, you kind of sacrifice that a little bit, do you? Don't you think? Yeah. Well, uh, when I, I host the shows, I, I do. I just go up there like other any other comedian. I just go up there, tell jokes for a bit. I don't. Uh, I do my time, and maybe even a little, a little bit more than uh, than seven minutes, and uh, I, I do it, and then uh, then I have this, you know, I start calling up the comedians and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. yeah uh, um, do you do that? Do you try you know, just doing your yeah. stand-up, uh, your whole routine I, or something? Like I that? do. Uh, now it's different. Now after you know, <laughs> now I'm back. Now I actually have a group of writers helping me out. We come up with uh-huh. skits. We come up with oh, uh, okay. different segments. Because like you said, yeah. it's a weekly open mic. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure about San Francisco, but in San Jose, uh, people very very few people really come out for those things. Uh, yeah. At least on a regular basis. Right, right, right. Yeah, here uh, too. So, also. so yeah. a common complaint that I get from people going to my open mic is that these comics are doing the same thing all over again. Yeah. And the thing is, that they don't understand though, is that open mic is a workshop for comics. Right. Yeah. So yes, they have to repeat a lot of the material to get it right for right. the big shows. Yeah. So, so then that's why I had I knew that I had to take an initiative and create a, a band of writers and for us to mm, keep you know keep keep every every night every week uh, different. You know, uh-huh. doing comedy debates, doing yeah. different comedy segments. So when someone comes up here, yes, they may see the same material, but at least we offer new stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, but That's it took me. Idea. It it took me some. You know, uh, a lot. I had to go through a lot to, uh-huh. to get to that point yeah. where I'm at, yeah, which I'm very know. happy with that. Where it's more collaborative. Uh-huh. Okay. I think that's what saved my butt. Uh-huh. Was that I, I made this open mic more collaborative. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, it's. Uh, um, uh, I mean, you learn as you go. It's. Uh, uh, yeah, just pretty much learn as you go, as long as you have. I. I um, it's basically what I do is just have a list of comedians. They just do their thing, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> don't don't try to do much more than that. Well, and, uh, we, no, and, and and I feel that that's what that's what it is. That's what what, what you have to, mm-hmm. you know. But the thing is, is uh, like for example, do you feel like a, a lot of your venues are bars or, or cafes, or do you feel like they're actual um, performance venues? Oh yeah, um, yeah, mostly cafes it was, and then a bar. But but now it's like a neck of the woods, which is the bar. I got the bizarre cafe it was a cafe. There's food and everything, yeah. uh, and um, it, you know maybe something. It's better for an older crowd, I guess, to go there. So get. Um, and now I have a fame venue, which is uh, kind of a nightclub thing. It's yeah. got to be 21 and over. Yeah. Um, and, and as you know, there's a difference when you're hosting a cafe and a bar. Mm-hmm. Right. In a bar, it's like you could do literally anything and nothing and yeah. still have a good show. Yeah. Yeah. With a cafe, don't you feel like you have to put a little more of an effort? Um, yeah, that's why I have, uh, that's why in the cafe I have a, a veteran comedians. And, uh, and a lot of people don't don't use too many f bombs, uh, and uh, so that's my world right there. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel if my first room was a bar, I think I think I would be different. Yeah, right. And more relaxing for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So if you have a, a cafe, right, uh, a little bit more formal. Um, and, and sometimes, like for example, I did another cafe also, which is not around anymore. They 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 closed uh, Emma's Coffee House. And on that way, I had to tell the comedians, uh, it's clean. It's got to be a clean place because that's what the management wants. It's got to be clean comedy. So I tell them. I tell them ahead of time. You know, just, and it's fine. Um, and there are comics that can't do clean comedy, I guess. You know, they, they don't come out, I guess. But, um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be, I tell them, it doesn't have to be super clean. 
mm-hmm. uh, which is you know of course <laughs> subjective and all that, but but still, uh, it's just it's, it's not like crazy filthy. It's fine, I guess. It's um, yeah, you know, basically semi clean. Just. Do you, do you feel like you ever get burned out from hosting so many shows? Uh, do you yeah. do you, do you ever feel just like doing your own thing for a bit? Uh, no, no, I I like it. I, I get energy from that. I guess it could be after a while. It'd be nice. Uh, it, it's nice. Like for example, if you want to take a break. If you you can go to L.A., uh, find do shows, uh, do stuff on your own. I, I like to go there once in a while. L.A. Yeah, go to L.A. and um, try even um, <clears throat> to go up to the uh, big clubs, mm. uh, or, or if not, go to any other uh, place there. And that that's a place where you can do. Just be on your own without having a host and, and all that. What's the farthest you ever traveled for comedy? <clears throat> well, the farthest is because uh, I, I I I happened to be there. I happened to have to to go there only. Um, it was Baltimore. I performed in Baltimore just because I happened to need to go there, not because I because uh, there was a show and um, I just happened to need to go there. And I said I, I asked around and I found that. I <coughs> what were you doing yeah. in Baltimore? Um, Oh, uh, well, visiting uh, friends and stuff, so just going over there. And um, I went to, I forgot, Uncle Sully's or something. It was a nice place. I Actually, they asked me to host. When I, I didn't even <laughs> host. And then I think that's funny. I, I, that wasn't I, I, my intention. Right. <laughs> say, I think when people look at you, first of all, they think of like either he is a grocery market employee yeah. or he's a host. He, <laughs> yeah. must, he must be a host. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I remember. Um, I, I went there and they asked me to host. And, and I did. I hosted. I you know, did my time. I did 15 minutes or something like that. Is it? I think it was like a two-hour, one and a half-hour show, and with only three comedians total, including me, the host. Uh, I, I did that. I did my time. Another guy did twenty-five minutes, and another guy did an hour, I guess. And uh, mm. yeah, it was. I got paid twenty-five bucks. I thought it was pretty cool. That's okay. nice. Yeah, to, to, it's really uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, are you doing anything else besides fame currently? <coughs> um, oh, besides the other rooms you mentioned. Uh, other stuff besides stand-up. Um, well, that's pretty much it. Um, I have a day job. It's a, yeah. What line uh, of work are you in? Uh, I'm a contractor. I work at a government agency. I'm a, uh, I'm a contractor. and uh, That could mean you're an assassin, pretty much. Yeah. What does that Anywhere? mean? I work at the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. Oh, interesting. HR. And I, work, I like it. I like that place. And uh, I like it a lot. I get to uh, do a lot of wide variety of work. And... Uh, you're in the HR department there? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't go around helping people get jobs or anything. I'm just right. more like a technical person there. Right. But, uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I like. I've been there. I've been there as long as I've been doing comedy. Actually, yeah, <laughs> sixteen oh. years. How yeah. did you first get into that? Because you came from working on elevators in yeah. Connecticut. Yeah. Coming here. Yeah, I had. I had when uh, I wanted. I missed. Uh, I missed San Francisco. I wanted to come home, and I. I I left uh, yeah I I I left uh, Otis Elevator Company. I just came with came here with nothing, and um, I started working, you know, small jobs. Oh, I actually worked at companies fixing copiers and and fax machines, um, and uh, but then I I taught myself. I learned learned some of the Microsoft stuff, and I so I'm pretty good with Excel and all this stuff, and I, so I. I was able to find a job doing administrative assistant, and then now I became kind of a technical guy. And uh, so, so my recommendation to com- comedians is, um, uh, no matter how funny you are, uh, get a get a day job, get a real job, and get a good good paying job. Right. Uh, otherwise, you might become homeless and become a burden to society. But it's, right. <laughs> uh, 
and also don't don't do drugs and don't you know have alcohol problems because otherwise you might uh, become homeless and wind up being a burden to society. <laughs> okay, was that too rough? No. Okay, but uh, no, no uh, way out around it, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's good to have a, a agent. You could be the funniest person ever, um, but it doesn't mean you're gonna make it. And um, right. it's good to have a day job. Now, so, what is it about San Francisco that keeps pulling you back? Well, I, I grew up here. Um, and I'm, I'm actually glad, after all this moving around and everything, back only a block away from where I grew up. <laughs> um, and I, I like it. Uh, also a big sports fan. I like, I like my teams. And uh, uh, I like it. It's, uh, everything's nearby. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it just basically I grew up here. Uh, uh, although I, my second favorite place to live would be uh, New, New York City. Hmm. Where I lived in so you're a big city kind of guy. Yeah, I guess I, I was born in a big city, Buenos Aires. Right now there's like 12 million people in that city. Half the, half the country lives in Buenos Aires. Hmm. Uh, and uh, um, yeah, I always grew up in a big city. Yeah, I lived in Marin County, not crazy do you, about it. Do you feel like you, you have a full-on love affair with, with San Francisco? Or uh, do you yeah. feel it's a love-hate relationship? No, no, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, no problem with San Francisco. Yeah, no, no problem. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. What's your secret? Me, yeah, me. I have a love hate relationship with San Jose. Really? You know? Yeah. Jose? Okay. Like for me, I love it. I love the people, certain people, mm-hmm. yeah. and the aspects. And there's just parts that I hate. You know, hate certain people, hate yeah. certain aspects of it. Well, yeah. There's it, always a, yeah, people. Yeah, it's a, a people. But but I mean, the people city, are the problem, Danny. That's what I'm trying to get the, yeah, to. Yeah, are, the people. The people. Yeah. It's always the people who are, who who that are the problem. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. Sure. It's, it's uh, yeah. As long as the city is not is not the problem. But yeah. There's always people, and just uh, yeah. There's always all sorts of people, and uh, you just kind of uh, just not let them. Oh, I know it's not easy to say, but it's but yeah. Try not to avoid them, or if you can, uh, don't let them mug you, or you know that's how they are. Don't try to change. <laughs> don't people. let them mug you. You said. Uh, yeah. Oh, mug you. No, no, no. Oh. no, 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 no I didn't say that. What was that before you said? Uh, don't. Uh, but but don't um, bug you. Don't bug you. Bug okay. You. Yeah, yeah. Bug you. Yeah. Don't let them mug you either. But. Uh, yeah, I gotta take a throat lozenge later. <laughs> I know a lot of people are going through this cold. I mean, all over the country, I see. I so something's pa- being passed around for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I see people yeah, I mean, all over the country. I, I actually they have the same symptoms. Um, it was, um, yeah, kind of a strong uh, cold, a strong. Uh, right. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, just uh, don't. Uh, the thing is, yeah, try not to change people. It's too much work. Yeah, and the reason why it sticks yeah. out to me that you're such a relaxed m- demeanor mm-hmm. is that, you know, for e- entertainment, there's some great stuff, some positives, yeah. some, some yeah. fun. Yeah. But also, there's also a bit of darkness, a bit, oh, a, yeah. a, a bit of, of, of um, f- you know, complicated characters. Oh, yeah. There's and complicated there's situations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially in comedy, uh, more than any other entertainment, I think. Yeah. So, so, so to be honest with you, I was like, oh, man, this guy's an SF. He's doing great stuff. What's it in him? Like, what's the darkness in him? What's brewing? And I'm, and I'm talking to you in person. You're like the nicest guy. You're like really nice. Do you feel like you have a bit of that darkness, bitterness in you? Or are you just like completely let it go? Oh, uh, I mean, sometimes I... I uh, do my uh, do an angry old man bit or something like that. It's uh, I, I mean, but not but not really strong stuff. I mean, just like I don't know, cars today they all look the same. You know, just yeah, I can't make a car that looks like a car. Yes, right. Get off my lawn. Yes, <laughs> so, like, yeah. um, so like okay, well, the thing that really bugs me. Okay, is, uh, I, I know a lot of people like 
pot, but I, I can't stand the smell of pot. It's all over the city. It's uh, it's, it's just every day almost. Right? Really? Smell, Marijuana? Yeah, I don't like it. It, just, it smells bad. It, it, I've, I've been affected by it when they, you know, they pretty much force it down your throat. And um, I, I don't like that. It's I don't think it's cool. Actually, I don't think marijuana is a cool thing to do. Like, it's just, it just you're polluting the environment. You know, that's my beef on that. That's my old man. That's my dark stuff. Yeah, it's just polluting the environment. Make it, make, it makes me sick. I don't like it. I know a lot of comedians, a lot of people like it. They feel like it's okay to now to smoke it everywhere. But but actually by the by the law, actually the proposition that passed, you can only smoke in certain areas. You can't hmm. like smoke. It's not. But there's some comics, they, the uh, marijuana uh, is. is a fuel for their set. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're like, oh, I can't perform unless I get high before. I, I know, yeah, I know. Or, or drink or whatever, yeah, or just something, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, not me. I, uh, um, yeah, I don't, nothing. I just go up there. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's the only thing. It's it's like um, just all in the city. Almost every day you have to s- smell the pot and walking down the street. It's, well, it is San Francisco, so yeah. But still, oh. it should, I think one day they'll. I hope they realize that they're polluting here. They're just stinking up the air. And just, Hopefully, listeners on this yeah. podcast will, yes. will, will take that message. Yeah. The, Anything to take away from this this conversation yeah. is that yeah, I have nothing against it. Marijuana just, pollutes the environment. Just, yeah, I mean cigarettes do. So yeah, so does marijuana. So, mm. yeah. uh, Danny yes. uh, Dechi. <laughs> yes. I, I mispronounce it, Danny. No, that's right. Everybody's uh, for your that guy. It's Dechi, Danny Dechi. Yeah. Dechi. Yeah. Uh, we passed the hour. Oh, okay. We made it. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I think I think we have a good conversation, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, it was great to know. Learned a lot from each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, nice speaking with you, Jorge, I'm so, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I saw your name. I always because uh, uh, people in the U.S. or when they see a name, they they uh, it's they probably think it's spelled just spelled differently, it's pronounced George. Right. But, but uh, no, I'm speaking Spanish. I know Spanish. I know it's pronounced Jorge. Yeah. I, I, I get some weird looks from people. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, they're like, is it, is it George? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I think there's even a baseball player. <laughs> yeah, there is a baseball player. Uh, his name's Jorge. But I hear the announcer saying George. And huh. I go, I cringe. Yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> and then I say, get off my lawn. Okay. <laughs> Angry old man. <laughs> but... But thank you for doing this. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for, for the tea. For, for coming out here all the way from San Jose. And, yeah. uh, Anything else you'd like to plug in? Uh, yeah, to my show, go to my website, uh, dannydechi.com. Dannydechi.com. Yeah, that's D-E-C-H-I dot C-O-M. I think everyone knows how to spell Danny, but it's dot C-O-M dot com, hmm. in case people didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, thank you so much. All right, thanks to you. Okay.